Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the debut grand opening of Mad Villain Bistro Bed and Breakfast Bar Grill Cafe Lounge on the Water. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Terry Talks Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Clayton Terry, and today it's just me, actually. I wanted to do a quick breakdown and just overview of the Oscar ceremony that happened last night as of recording this, but probably a couple days ago as of release. Oscar season is always one of my favorite times of the year, and last year we didn't get to discuss it really because uh, Parasite won Best Picture and then the world kind of ended. <laughs> uh, so despite that being one of the most rewarding ceremonies and most fun to watch, I didn't get to do like a deep dive into the ceremony and the award winners and whatnot, so I didn't want to miss that chance this year. Ethan and Ryan both have been way busier with school than me. Uh, I guess that's the perk of getting this close to graduating. So they weren't able to watch a lot of Oscar movies. Um, I know Ryan saw Sound of Metal and really liked that and Trial of Chicago 7 and things like that. But I was fortunate enough to be able to watch almost 60% of the films that were nominated. There were a couple that ended up winning that I hadn't seen yet. And I'll definitely talk about those. But but overall, it's... Uh, just gonna be me running it down real quick, uh, mainly for my own sake. Uh, these podcasts always get the least amount of listens, I'm pretty sure, each year, but I still really enjoy it, so I hope you will listen and humor me. So real quick, just to kind of talk about the ceremony overall, because I think a lot of eyes were on this one, given we've been in this pandemic for a year now, or even more, and we've seen a lot of ceremonies, some okay like the emmys and some bad like the golden globes uh they had a pretty rough ceremony but that's what you expect from the hfpa i guess (laughs) overall i think the oscars this year flowed really well and there weren't really any major hiccups uh which is impressive given they did it half over zoom and they were in a new location kind of and just all the new hurdles they had to tackle given this was hopefully a a once-in-a-lifetime kind of ceremony. One thing that was weird was uh, at the end they announced Best Picture before they announced the Best Actor and Actress in a Leading Role Oscars, so it was really weird seeing uh, what would win Best Picture, which we'll get to, be celebrated before the last two Oscars were actually given out. I don't know why they did that. I hope they don't do that again, (laughs) Um, but yeah, other than that, there wasn't really any major moments of cringe as you would usually expect from the oscars there was also that comedy bit with lil ray howery um which i actually kind of thought was charming and we got to see uh glenn close do debut i think was the name of the dance so it was fun and the fact that it was only one like comedic section definitely helped i'm also really glad there were no performances uh usually the oscars will do a performance for each of the best songs and the songs are usually pretty boring and the performances are they vary in quality the one year I was really excited was when Kendrick Lamar was nominated for his song in Black Panther but of course him and SZA had no interest in performing at the Oscars which uh makes sense I can't blame them but that's always kind of the moment that you go to the bathroom you get snacks you're talking with whoever you're watching it with so the fact that they weren't in here was very nice in my opinion To kind of move on to the nominees before we get into what actually won, overall I think it was really good this year. I've been talking with a few friends and it's interesting because this year 
there weren't any movies that I truly, truly fell in love with the same way I've fallen in love with Whiplash and Moonlight and Blade Runner 2049 and Arrival and movies like that, La La Land. And there weren't any that stood out for me like that, that immediately enter my top 100 of all time or whatever. But all of the movies that were nominated for Best Picture, I thought were really strong. And that kind of carried out throughout the ceremony. There were only a couple uh, stinkers, as you will, that I can think of that were nominated that I've seen. Um, I haven't seen a lot of the ones that were nominated for just one or two awards here or there. But yeah, overall, there wasn't like a green book where I was like, oh, if this wins, we know we're heading down the wrong direction, or at least the Academy is. But that being said, there were some that I was sad to see missing. So real quick, in the documentary feature, during COVID for some reason, it was always way easier for me to watch documentaries. They just held my attention more than fiction did. So I watched a lot of documentaries last year and both Boys State and Disclosure not getting nominated was pretty disappointing because Boys State was probably my favorite documentary of last year. This is about boys going to a camp in Texas where basically they run a government for a weekend basically or maybe a week and they have elections and whatnot and it really kind of foreshadowed or foreshadows the future of America and it was really interesting hearing their stories. I think I dived deeper into it um, at our year in review podcast so definitely go back and check that out for more on Boys State. But yeah not seeing that there was really really pretty disappointing and then another one in the documentary feature is Disclosure which is produced by Laverne Cox and just runs through uh, trans representation in movies and TV and whatnot over the last about 60, 70 years, basically going back to, or even before Psycho, but uh, Psycho was a big touchstone, obviously. And not seeing that nominee is pretty disappointing, especially considering this year there was such a diverse selection of people and uh, nominees and whatnot, so for them to leave out the trans community when there was such a strong documentary this year uh, was pretty disappointing. And then outside of documentary, the two main narrative films that I wish were up for something is I'm Thinking of Ending, th- ending Things, Charlie Kaufman's movie. Uh, I didn't love it as much as a lot of people do, but I think it definitely deserved a nom in editing or maybe for original, scre- or I guess adapted a screenplay because I think it's based on a short story, but I definitely would have liked to have seen it in there. And then Palm Springs. Uh, I love that movie. I don't know what you would nominate it for. Maybe uh, original screenplay again, but not seeing that uh, comedy represented was, again, pretty disappointing because that was one of the best movies of last year. And I know of a lot of these Oscar movies, it's probably one of the ones the most people have seen. So having it missing, uh, you definitely felt its omission, or at least I did. But yeah, overall, the nominees were really good and uh, very diverse and representative of America and hopefully where the industry is heading. So that's good to see. Okay, so now to get into the actual Oscar winners for this year. Uh, I'm just going to kind of work backwards on the Vanity Fair ballot I used because I always like to make my predictions and I never do that well, but it's always fun to have something to do while you're watching these pretty long and boring ceremonies. So we're going to work work our way up to Best Picture, but starting with the shorts category. Now, for the first year 
ever, I think. I've actually seen all 15 of these shorts because short films are great and they're really easy to wake up and throw on real quick, get like five to 40 minutes of film in your day before you start it. So starting with documentary short, all of these were pretty strong. Colette is what actually won. So this is about a French freedom fighter going to the concentration camp where her brother died uh, 60, 70 years ago. And it was really emotional and just a really strong outing uh, kind of character study into this uh, Colette person. And I highly recommend that. I watched it on YouTube, so easy enough to find. Uh, Do Not Split was probably my favorite in this. This one's also on YouTube, and it follows the protests in Hong Kong. Uh, pretty upsetting and just sad knowing where that all goes eventually, but it was still inspiring to see all these people fight for the right for independence and whatnot. So I highly recommend Do Not Split. But again, all of these were pretty strong. Live action short, Two Distant Strangers one. This is on Netflix, and it's basically... Groundhog Day, but police brutality. Uh, If that sounds upsetting to you, I think a lot of people on Twitter would agree, and I totally get that. It's kind of a traumatic topic to put to the Groundhog Day aesthetic and trope, but it I found it actually really enjoyable. So if that doesn't completely turn you off hearing the premise, I would recommend it. Again, it's on Netflix. I thought White Eye was actually the best one in this category, but Two Distant Strangers was probably my second. White Eye basically follows a character in Israel who finds his bike that he believes to be stolen at a restaurant, and he basically harasses people until he's able to find out who quote-unquote stole it, and it just ends up saying a lot about kind of immigration and what we think is ours and whatnot, and it's all done in one take. So it's really a really impressive short film. I think it's only like 21 minutes. Uh, I saw that on HBO Max. So if you have that, I highly recommend White Eye. But again, Two Distant Strangers was very good as well. Animated short. uh, This was probably the weakest of the categories in animated short for me. Uh, I really liked Opera. I don't even know how to explain that Uh, short film. It's basically a bunch of little characters going through their daily chores and then eventually having a war and then it all starts over at the end of every day and it's really good i don't remember how i watched it but highly recommend opera if anything happens i love you is on netflix and tackles gun violence and mass shootings in america especially related to schools it was pretty heart-wrenching to watch and probably the second or third best one in this category in my opinion uh so definitely recommend that it's on netflix like i said So those were the shorts. Uh, Moving into visual effects, I'm going to fly right through this one because this is the only category where I haven't seen a single movie that was nominated. Tenant one, which I guess was expected. That's the only Chris Nolan movie I haven't seen yet, so I'll probably see it at some point. But just after the reviews and the fact that it's two and a half hours long and that I would have to watch it at home made me not want to watch it anytime soon. So eventually I'll get to it, but Tenant one visual effects. Sound went to Sound of Metal which obviously anyone who's seen Sound of Metal, what they were able to accomplish with kind of simulating what it feels like to go deaf, what it feels like to have cochlear implants, and just that whole lived experience was really transformative and amazing in looking, in providing a view of people in this community and what they go through and 
how it really isn't a barrier for them after a certain point. I understood that to a certain extent given my experience at RIT, but I think anyone who isn't as familiar with the deaf community, community as someone who would live in Rochester is, I highly recommend this. It is empathetic and heart-wrenching, but also really inspirational and touches on ideas of what do you do when the life you plan for yourself doesn't go according to plan and how can you continue to live a happy life despite the disappointment that's inherent in something like that and yeah the sound was one of the best parts of it so very happy that that one production design went to mank not entirely unexpected uh i probably would have preferred ma rainey's black bottom nothing in this category is super stand out to me um i haven't seen either news of the world or tenant but mank I would say deserves it overall for production design. Speaking of Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, that went one uh, makeup and hairstyling as well as costume design, which I think it totally deserved. The trades of makeup and hairstyling and costume design really make that movie kind of pop and provide a whole world to Viola Davis's character of Ma Rainey. Just you look at her and you can anticipate the personality and what drives her and whatnot just from seeing her perform in the opening sections of that film so that's on netflix and again one costume design and makeup and hairstyling editing again went to sound of metal this was kind of surprising compared to what usually wins this category i found but again i feel like it's very deserved for sound of metal i highly highly recommend this movie i think it's on amazon prime i don't know if i mentioned that in the sound category but yeah, it has very dynamic editing and a really interesting whole uh, soundscape and visual aesthetic. So definitely deserve there. I think those were the two that Sound of Metal ended up winning, but great movie overall. Cinematography went to Mank. Now, this was the first one of the ceremony that I was pretty surprised by. Honestly, the first one of really only like two or three. And I thought the cinematography in Mank was fine it wasn't anything special in my opinion uh whereas nomadland that the patience and the breath that the cinematography takes on to kind of show the vastness of the american west and the open world that these nomads in america live i feel like the cinematography does a lot of the job for making that movie work in its overall tone and style so I really would have liked to have seen Nomadland win this one, but as we'll get to, it did very well on its own right. So just a quick surprise there uh, in a category I actually really appreciate kind of following and seeing who's going to win, especially after Roger Deakins won for the first time a couple years ago. That was really exciting. So moving on to original song, I would have guessed this go to uh, Speak Now, and I would have liked to have seen Leslie Odom Jr. with an Oscar, but Say La Vie, Fight For You uh, is a pretty good song in overall, and seeing her up there accepting an Oscar was really awesome. I believe four of these five songs all play in the end credit scene, and they're all on streaming services, so people probably don't even listen to these songs, really. Um, and then the Eurovision song, I guess, plays in the movie, but that's a, a Will Ferrell comedy, so <laughs> not super surprising that that didn't uh, ultimately win, but kind of a strange category this year without its uh, typical, I don't know, Disney banger or whatever. 
yeah, that's original song. Keeping with the music theme, we have original score. Interestingly, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross were nominated twice in this category for Mank and Soul. Uh, Minari, The Five Bloods, and News of the World were also nominated. All strong scores. I haven't seen News of the World, but the other four for sure. Soul deserves the cake, I think. The way Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross are able to bring their typical sonic soundscape to the world of the world before, or whatever they call it, um, basically the world that tackles death and purpose and living before and all, all has all the souls running around. Their sound really works well for that. Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross were actually my most listened to artists in 2020 because I just listened to the Watchmen soundtrack over and over again. So I will never turn down seeing them get an Oscar, and I think it is well-deserved for Soul. Now, documentary feature, as I mentioned before, I really have come to love documentaries, but unfortunately I've only seen three of the five in this category, uh, Collective, Crip Camp, and My Octopus Teacher. My Octopus Teacher ended up winning, and that is not super surprising. It's a really emotional and touching movie that is kind of unlike anything you've ever seen. Basically, a marine biologist, I believe he is, he goes swimming every day and he eventually befriends an octopus, like truly becomes its friend. And they have this unique and beautiful relationship that you get to see kind of transpire over the two-hour runtime of this movie. I personally would have given it to Crip Camp that opened up my eyes to the disability revolution that happened a little after the civil civil rights movement. I'm just reminded of something John Lovett talks about of a lot in terms of the LGBTQ plus community is that we're constantly having to prove that we're not bad, like we're not bad for culture, people in the queer community. So because we're always having that fight, we don't talk about what we can offer to the community, like what gay men and trans men and women and non-binary people, we don't talk about what they offer culture and they offer so much. And in terms of just setting the tone for where the culture goes and just the the lens they are able to look through when kind of perceiving the world around us and the way it makes us question and open and be vulnerable about our own uh, orientation and I- gender identity, no matter where you fall on the spectrum. Like those conversations it opens up are really valuable and we don't talk about that a lot. And similarly with Crip Camp, disabled people are constantly having to fight for their right just to exist and be supported in some extent by this very <laughs> cruel society and seeing what they offered to the movement for advocate rights it's really it's amazing the perspective that these sort of minority groups are able to offer all of us and what they provide to culture so i'll i'll definitely be thinking about that a lot more than i'll be thinking about my octopus teacher and how i can kind of lift up those voices and their viewpoints apply them to my world and otherwise and just continuing to think about equity in that way highly recommend crip camp real quick on collective so this movie is a documentary about a scandal that happened in bosnia i believe uh basically there was a fire at a collective nightclub that's where it gets its name and there were no fire exits so a bunch more people died than and were injured than ever should have happened 
So this led to a public outcry in the country and kind of a reforming of government. But also, as the weeks go on, people that had minor injuries and burns from this fire started dying as well. And basically, you come to learn that it's because of bacterial infections in the hospitals and just companies diluting disinfectants and hospitals not taking the proper precautions and basically hospital managers being mobsters like literally people in like the mob are running these hospitals it was so interesting and i really feel like it belongs in the echelon of uh spotlight and all the president's men of these movies you watch when learning about the importance of journalism and how a rigorous attention to those in power can unveil these dramatic and hard to believe stories that are so important of the three I've seen, Collective, Crip Camp, and My Octopus Teacher, I would re definitely recommend all three. Um, I hear Mole Agent and Time are also amazing, so I'm hoping to check those out at some point, but that's documentary feature. Now, animated feature, I've seen Onward, Soul, and Wolfwalkers, and all of those movies are... Onward was way better than I expected, like, it even made me cry. Uh, maybe the themes of being a big brother, they just uh, resonated with me than, more than I expected, because that was a movie I had no interest in seeing for a long time. And then one day I was bored and I threw it on and I really enjoyed it. Uh, that being said, though, Soul and Wolf Walkers are on another level for me. Soul is just its conversation about purpose and putting value into the world and how that links to happiness and the other people around you. I've been thinking about that movie a lot and I almost feel like my instinct to be hyper productive or just not being good at stopping and uh, smelling the roses as it were and how that can affect you and the people that you surround yourself with I've I've been thinking about a lot so I probably should watch that movie like every month just because it puts me back in a better headspace I feel like and Wolf Walkers is just a beautiful story about um I don't even know how to describe it but uh basically a town that grows to hate the uh wolf walkers like basically werewolves that are residing in the forest outside a really beautiful film about female friendship and nature and whatnot i highly highly recommend that one i would have been happy to see soul or wolf walkers walk away with it so seeing soul win was the expected choice i would say but definitely well deserved as well international feature so i won't spend much time on this this went to another round which is on hulu and i definitely would like to check out because i love matt mickelson uh, i've only seen collective and i just talked about that not too long ago so highly would recommend collective and another round seems to have been uh, touching a lot of people that have seen it it's kind of a dramedy about drinking so if that at all sounds like your cup of tea as it were probably worth checking out but yeah that was an international feature now, I always feel like adapted screenplay and original screenplay are the two most interesting categories at the Oscars. Like, if you want original films, you should be looking at the original screenplay list. That's how films like Get Out were able to win an Oscar. And it's just kind of the most forward-looking category, I believe, at the Oscars. So first with adapted screenplay, this went to The Father. Um... This was one of its only two Oscar wins, so I was glad it got some representation. The movie is harrowing as it tackles dementia and 
the implication that the implications that has for the person experiencing it and their family it really is able to kind of put you in their shoes as best that a movie can do so definitely deserved borat winning would have been awesome uh it's not really a screenplay and it's not really adapted it just happens to be a sequel but regardless uh seeing that get love was great one night in miami maybe one of the expected wins or one of the expected choices because it's a very wordy high concept film but that was a huge joy to watch as well white tiger i haven't seen and no man land um i think is a lot of improv maybe not but i know francis mcdormand's like the only actual actress in it and her uh like male counterpart her quote-unquote love interest but the father winning it uh definitely is well deserved and moving on to original screenplay now of all the best picture nominees which i'll get to promising young woman is the one i cannot stop thinking about it's the one that if i all my friends who have only seen one or two best picture nominees if they only had to see one more i would definitely have them see promising young woman so seeing it win for original screenplay which was actually the first one of the night was really amazing uh emerald fennel gave a great acceptance speech and i'm so excited to see what she goes on to do next i know she has a short film with phoebe waller bridge but i cannot find it anywhere and i'm really pissed because i love her uh her being phoebe waller bridge and now i'm learning quickly that i love emerald fennel so promising young woman well deserved in original screenplay and i highly highly recommend it to anyone who has not seen it yet now actress in a supporting role this was pretty surprising to me if i had just looked at this list and not done any research i probably would have guessed olivia coleman would win uh just because of the academy's love for her uh we'll see in a couple categories ahead how influential that can be if the academy really loves you but i'm really glad to see that it went to yoon young zhao uh, i hope i'm saying that right i looked up a pronunciation but it wasn't as helpful for my uh, stupid american tongue and brain but her performance in minari is so full of life and her connection with uh david the youngest boy that the film kind of uses to see this world through is really just heartwarming and minari i believe this is its only oscar win so making having it go down as an academy award winner is really great and i think uh yun young zhao her performance definitely deserves that that title and her acceptance speech was so fun uh seeing her kind of swoon over brad pitt and <laughs> forgive everyone hopefully me included for uh mispronouncing her name was uh really heartwarming and just a fun speech to see in a night that was already dragging on by this point moving on to actor in a supporting role this was one of the expected wins but daniel kalua for judas and the black messiah he is amazing in that movie as fred hampton uh you can see this on hbo max and i cannot recommend it enough him and lakeith stanfield who are both in this category which is kind of weird um lakeith probably is the leading actor in that movie i would guess but either way daniel kalua he's been doing amazing work ever since get out uh widows he's amazing in um black panther he plays a great supporting role so seeing him finally get some love from the academy was really great and again i highly recommend that movie uh it's great in so many ways but especially for this kind of unforgettable performance so actress in a leading role going back to my love for promising young woman i thought carrie mulligan was 
the best in this category by a long shot. I haven't seen Pieces of a Woman yet or the U.S. versus Billie Holiday, but I would definitely put Mulligan's performance over Frances McDormand, who was the person I was alluding to earlier in the sense of her, the Academy clearly really, really loves her, and it's hard not to. I love Frances McDormand as well, but I don't. I didn't think she needed the one for three billboards, and I in this category, I would have given it to Carrie Mulligan. Viola Davis was amazing in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom as well. Definitely deserving of that nom. But what Carrie Mulligan did in Promising Young Woman was just next level, in my opinion. And I know she's one of the best actresses working right now, especially of her generation. So hopefully there's some Oscar love for her in the future. But it's sad that it wasn't for Promising Young Woman. Now, actor in a leading role. This was the only, like huge surprise to me watching the ceremony and it was the last one announced which made it very weird um anthony hopkins ended up winning for the father and don't get me wrong that's an amazing performance to be honest everyone in this category gave an amazing performance but everyone kind of assumed it would go to chadwick boseman given his much too soon passing uh it was it's hard to imagine the academy turned down the option to kind of posthumously award him this academy award because he's just he's done so much amazing work for the industry but also just for culture in america and his foresight to know to only look out for roles that are going to lift up people like him and people in the african-american community it's just even though i i loved him i really loved him while he was still alive it's just did not appreciate him enough while he was here and this felt like an opportunity to kind of show that appreciation it's a little disappointed by that completely removing of context though and not looking at an actor's whole kind of filmography and just looking at the individual role i personally think riz ahmed squeaks it out for me um him in sound of metal is just similar to carrie mulligan just amazing brings that whole movie up with him. I mean, the movie kind of rests on him, and same with Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young Woman. If their performance was lacking in any way, you would feel it as a viewer, but it's not. He delivers the best performance of his career by a long shot, and I've I've loved him since Nightcrawler seven years ago. My God. But um, I highly, highly recommend Sound of Metal again for all the reasons I've laid out before, but also because of Riz Ahmed's performance. Again, he is so young and so talented. I'm sure he's going to be nominated again soon and will hopefully win in the near future. So disappointed that we weren't able to, uh, I say we, (laughs) I'm in the Academy. I wish maybe one day, but um, yeah, disappointed this uh, didn't go to Chadwick Boseman in this moment, but Anthony Hopkins, uh, well-deserved again. And Steven Yuen is amazing, and hopefully he's nominated again for something soon because he's one of my favorite actors working now. Gary Oldman, eh, he's good in Mank. I don't love him as a person, but it's hard to deny his uh, performance in that. All of these actors really, the movie hinges on their performance, so it makes sense to see them all in there. Okay, so moving on to the final two categories, both going to the same movie, actually. We have director, we have Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. This, everyone in this category, except maybe David Fincher, I haven't seen another round again, so Thomas Finterberg, uh, Chloe Zhao definitely deserved it. 
because she is a quote-unquote outsider to America, the, the way she's able to look at different communities in America, whether it's the writer or uh, Nomadland here, she just provides such empathy and such an imp- interesting perspective to communities that are theori- theoretically uh, it belong to the country, at least that I was uh, born and raised in, but she offers just such a such a unique perspective on all of those stories. So really amazing to see her nominated in here. Lee Isaac Chung is also, his work is amazing in Minari, and I've gushed about my love for Emerald Fennel now, but she at least got her Oscar in original screenplay, which was nice to see. So moving on to Best Picture, the final award that I'm going to run through, not necessarily the final award for the Academy to give out, uh, at least this year. The nominees were The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of Chicago 7. I really enjoyed all of these movies. Uh, Mank is probably my least favorite, but what it's trying to do, it does well. Um, It's just not my cup of tea and doesn't feel like as important a story as almost every other one of these movies. Oh, if I had to pick my personal favorite, I... It's hard. It's between Promising Young Woman and Sound of Metal, probably. Minari's also up there. Between those three, I would say, with Judas and the Black Messiah, Trial of Chicago 7, and The Father uh, closely behind. Nomadland was the expected win, so not a huge surprise there that that is what ended up going home with the gold. Again, like seeing Chloe Zhao uh, up there, for director, seeing the whole cast and crew up there for best picture, or not actor, uh, director, seeing them all up there was really, really special given she's such a indie darling, I would say. So those were the 2021 Oscars. My biggest takeaway is that this was really a spread the love kind of year, which there wasn't really one movie that swept everything. And When there are years where there's one standout movie, like last year with Parasite, it's really exciting to see it sweep everything. But in a year like this, where there were so many amazing movies, so many talented people nominated, I really like when they spread the love. Uh, Nomadland went home with the most Oscars, but it only went home with three. And every single nominee in the Best Picture category went home with some gold, with the exception of The Trial of Chicago 7. But, of course, Aaron Sorkin and all the actors in that movie really have a long career uh, behind them and ahead of them, so I'm sure we'll hear from them <laughs> uh, soon. Uh, I, oh my god, I almost called him Borat. Sash Baron Cohen got love for the trial of Chicago 7, and partially for Borat, I'm sure, but yeah, overall it was a really, really pretty satisfying year. It wasn't a jump off your couch in excitement when Parasite wins Best Picture year, but it was a good year overall. I'm glad I'm not here ranting about Green Book or more apt listening to Ethan and Ryan rant about Green Book because they uh, were bold enough to see that in theaters, I believe, too. Very, very uh, (laughs) impressed with them. But hopefully this is showing that the Academy is moving more in the right direction of looking at indie movies, smaller movies, and movies made by a diverse set of people. And also being less reliant on big blockbusters that you have to see in theaters and kind of turning turning to these streaming services that are for the most part putting out uh, really strong content or at least 
allowing their creators to put out strong content. So I know Amy Nicholson in the Unspooled podcast that I highly recommend and love listening to. She thought that this might be a turning point for the Academy when we look back of maybe the final vestiges of the old Academy that was responsible for Oscars So White and Green Book's win. Maybe they're really kind of on their way out. And I think this this young blood is really exciting to see what they do. And it's inherently a more diverse set of people working. So definitely a optimistic Oscars this year. I highly recommend every movie that was nominated for Best Picture, as well as Collective, like I've talked about, Soul, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, all the movies like that. So if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, I would highly recommend you first off watch those movies, but then also you go back and listen to some of our other podcasts. The Oscars breakdown are always really fun for me. I wanted to do this forever ago, um, and I finally got the opportunity once I started to work on this podcast with Ethan and Ryan. So I really appreciate that I'm still able to do that. And if you're still listening right now, uh, thank you. This was very much a labor of love for me. I really enjoy talking about the Oscars and watching all the movies and making predictions and whatnot. So let me know if you uh, do like Oscar predictions, how you did. Uh, I got 16 out of 23, so like just under 70%. And I think I always fall in like the 60 to 70% range. Like no matter how many films I've seen, no matter like how much reading I do beforehand, I always fall in that range. And it's getting pretty frustrating. This year, I really thought I would be doing better, but then they had to surprise me with actress and actor in a leading role. Again, thank you for listening. And I would recommend checking out the remainder of the Terry Talks podcasts that are available. And yeah, I will talk to you next time, hopefully with Ethan and or Ryan in some sort of conversation about pop culture, film and television. So until then, thanks for listening, and I will talk to you soon.